Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Managed print services to keep your printing costs down? Yeah, Digitex does that. D I G I T E X dot C A on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. It's 134 in Edmonton. We're live at Rogers Place, Edmonton Oilers and the Calgary Flames. Just before we get to John Shannon, our NHL insider. Two texts. The first text comes in uh, saying, Bob, it's out of Drumheller. I can't believe how quiet they kept Connor's injury. Did you know anything about it and the filming? Just curious. Uh, I did not know the extent of the injury, and I did know as of November that there was, you know, some work being done on a documentary, but I had, again, no idea to the degree of the injury. And frankly, I should have asked more questions at the time that I found out there. I'm like, well, why is that extra camera uh, crew around? Uh, This text is really interesting. It comes from a Northern Alberta texter. Bob, let's not overlook how many times McDavid gets away with questionable antics. Yet you are calling uh, for Kachuk's colors. And yes, Kachuk is very quickly becoming a star and even a superstar in the near future. He's doing a very good job at what he's supposed to do, regardless if you think the hits were illegal, which they weren't, provided the opportunity to win the game. And he'll do it again. Well, thank you to the texter. What part of the order should have taken Kachuk in the draft did you not understand? I mean, the guy's a really good player. Sorry, he's not a superstar. Superstars are limited for, like, the top three or four players in the game. He's not that. He's becoming a star. Okay, he's a very impactful hockey player. Keep texting the show. Let's bring aboard John Shannon, our NHL insider. John, how you doing? I'm doing great, Bob. How are you? Good. I'm looking uh, forward uh, to tonight's encounter, though I'm not sure exactly what's going to happen. Uh, and the league has sent some of their head honchos in, including George Peros, who met with the teams this morning. I believe Colin Campbell. I don't. I think I might have seen this on your Twitter feed. Uh, Colin Campbell. And uh, Stephen Wacom are coming in as well. Uh, Can this be perceived in any way, shape, or form as maybe adding a little bit of gasoline onto the fire when they bring these individuals in, John? Oh, I don't think so. Uh, In fact, I think think the whole goal of it is to... uh is to put water on it is to to quell the quell the fire in, in, in many more ways than than we expect it's it, it's it's one of those things that 
when you have people like Perro, Stevie Walker, Mike Lego, who's the supervisor uh, on the game tonight, uh, coming around and being a being part of it, it becomes a, it becomes a factor of the, them saying, okay, we understand that this is a little above and beyond what happens normally on the 200 by 85, and we have to be prepared if and anything happens. So I, I, I expected, I, I don't expect near as much antics tonight as we saw uh, for that brief time in Calgary a few weeks back. Well, there has been two incidents between Cassie and, K- and Kachuk over the last two years. Both times they occurred in games in Calgary. Hmm. I'll be uh, interested to see uh, what shakes down uh, tonight. By the way, John, what's your take on uh, making the, like, George Perils is doing one availability, I believe, for uh, the media that's here. And, uh, and then I'm led to believe he might be doing a separate thing for a Sportsnet, and that's what $5.2 billion buys you, I guess. Uh, Stephen Wacom doesn't do a lot of interviews. Do you think the league should be making these? I mean, and, and the way it works here is the respective teams, uh, right, they, they pay for the league office. It's part of the deal. Is there is there an onus or an expectation that maybe a Stephen Wacom should do every market a couple times a year? Uh, I've always been of the view that the best referee is the one that we don't uh, pay attention to and don't notice. Uh, and I, I don't think that this should be any different. And I, I think Stephen Walkham's job is to manage the officials uh, and not necessarily be in front of, of situations like this and uh, and be in a position after the fact to, to make a judgment whether his people did the right thing or the wrong thing. We know that they've been briefed. We know that they're very aware of what's gone on. Um, you, you know, as far as having George Paris available, tell you what, that's two more uh, that's two more availabilities than I expected George to do if he's doing two today, one for the rights holder and one for the media. George does not do very many public events, uh, and the fact that he's doing it, I think, is a bonus. Well, there's two rights holders at tonight's game, but that's another story for another time. Uh, all right, switching focus here. Uh, you picked... There's only, Bob, Bob, there's only one national rights holder that the money goes to the NHL. Fair enough. Good point by you. You chose to work the Battle of Alberta back in the 1980s, right? Like, you didn't get assigned to it. You're like, I want to work that series. Well, a little different. I was living in Alberta at the time, and I was, uh, I, I, uh, you know, a brief history. We had a staff meeting in 1979 or 80 at uh, Hockey Night in Canada with seven producers and the president of the company, and they said, we need somebody to move to Western Canada to produce hockey games, and one person put their hand up. Uh, and uh, that one person got to do the Stanley Cup final nine straight years in a row because of it. <laughs> so it became a blessing for me, and that uh, and that part of that was to do the Battle of Alberta and uh, and be part of in so many ways, on so many different levels, the rivalry between the two cities, between the players, between the managers, between the coaches, uh, and quite frankly, between all of my friends. So it became a, a, a rite of passage for me that I I dearly love and has become. In, in many ways, so much a part of my career. You know, uh, we had Speck on yesterday. He wrote the book, Battle of Alberta. And 
it, it's interesting because it is different. Like I, you know, I, these games, this game tonight, and this game Saturday, and it's about the results for both these teams. And we both know that, John. I mean, it's about getting the wins. But you can make a strong argument these are the most important games played between these two teams since the 1991 playoff series, which was a meeting of the last two Stanley Cup champions, the Flames winning in 89, the Oilers winning in 90. Uh, did you work that series in 91, by the way? Uh, I did not. I was oh. actually assigned to uh, I was assigned to the, uh, Mr. Gretzky's series. Uh, in Los Angeles at that point. I was not working for Hockey Night in Canada. Okay, okay. I was, I, I was, I was just, working in the United States. I just remember that's like, man, it was, and I've used the phrase 849 times, John, it was like rollerball on ice. Oh, yeah. Like they're... Hey, my friend Mark Askin uh, produced that series for Hockey Night in Canada, and to this day, uh, over a Diet Coke or two, we actually have this huge argument, which series was better 91 or 86 uh, and uh, and I'm not talking about who won the series because as, a, as a, a guy who's a, a broadcaster as a TV producer I I don't really have a say in who wins the series yes uh, but you know the uh, the story became the, the bottom line was in both years the underdog won the series and that's what made that's what makes this this rivalry so compelling is when the underdog has a chance to win. And Edmonton was the underdog in 91. There's no doubt about that. And obviously Calgary was the underdog in 86. You know, it's interesting, John. I mean, again, these two teams are fighting for top spot in the Pacific, but nobody's calling them elite teams. When you were producing those games in the 80s, they were <laughs> no worse. They were one and two. They were they one, were and, one I was just going to say no worse yeah. two of the top three teams. They were the two best. Like, did you did you know that at that time? Like, was there any debate in the hockey world when you're doing those events? You're like, this is about as good as it gets? Uh, there was never a doubt that the two best teams in hockey were in Alberta uh, at that point. That was uh, unarguable in many ways that uh, when you saw and, and people – we used to regularly do shows based uh, with, with the opening, you know, ambushed on the Alberta Trail because there was no chance you would go on a, uh, usually on a Wednesday night in Edmonton and a Thursday night in Calgary, and this was before uh, overtime losses. There was no way you were coming out of Alberta with any points. It just was not possible. Yeah, that's how dominant the two teams were. Do you have a, a spe you mentioned the 86 series, and I mean, the only time it, you know, there was, it really got out of hand was in game six when the Oilers, I think they pumped seven past Vernon in a 7-4 win, and Semeco got some uh, bombs in on Tim Hunter and opened him up pretty good, and McSorley and Fatil were, you know. Yeah. But do you have a, a, a couple specific moments that really sort of left indelible impressions in your mind from that? Well, uh, not to steal it from somebody who uh, would know better than me, but uh, when Wayne Gretzky sits and tells you that uh, the goal he scored in Game 2 in Calgary uh, in the 88 series, um, he calls it the best goal he ever scored. Uh, to me, there's no question uh, at that point that that, that goal uh, and the, 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 the nail it put in the coffin of the Flames, even though it was in Game 2, Yep. Uh, was certainly something I don't think we'll ever forget. That that shot over Mike Vernon's shoulder uh, in the uh, in the right hand goal to me was something that I'll never forget. And having having the the ability to watch all the angles long before the viewer does at home, 
to see him shoot that puck to me was absolutely phenomenal. That that alone, um, Bob, was one of the great moments in my career was watching that goal being scored. And Wayne alluded to that, John, in the opening 20 minutes of today's show on Oilers Now, talking about the Battle of Alberta. John, I don't know how good the audio was when you were producing, you know, how tight to the bench you guys were able to get shots. There's an infamous uh, video out there of Dave Brown uh, chirping Tim Hunter and asking him if he's got the gloves blank and cemented on. But did you have to, as a producer at times, have to back off some of the shots when some of the nasty, uh, for, for public service perspective, because it was so ugly and it was so visceral and it wasn't on cable. Did you have to worry about that? Oh, yeah, very much so. In fact, uh, in, in both of the buildings at that point, both uh, at, uh, at the Coliseum and at the, uh, at the Saddle Dome, uh, benches were on the near sides, Bob, and uh, in both, both buildings, and the handheld camera between the benches had a microphone on it. <laughs> and rarely, rarely in the series did we ever open it up. Ever, rarely did that microphone ever get heard uh, by the public simply because it, it just wasn't worth paying the fines and it wasn't worth the producer getting suspended. Uh, remarkably different verbiage used today. Fair enough? <laughs> much more PG-13? Well, let's put it this way. It's uh, it's not much different than Green Day at the All-Star Game. How's that? What'd you think of that? Disappointing. Disappointing. But I'm old, and I, uh, I expect certain <laughs> things of our national broadcaster, and I expect certain things of... People that are trying to communicate with uh, and entertain people from the age of 6 to 66. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John, I'm with you. I think tonight's, I mean, to me, it's really going to depend a bit on uh, on Kachuk. Uh, just in the sense that I think that, all right, Cassian's done his penance. The Oilers got it. Both teams got to focus on winning the hockey game, don't they? They do. Uh, and again, I think we talked about this briefly on Monday. These games in the division have to be won in regulation. Yes. You can't give up the point. You know, I mean, you're not going to you're not going to want to lose in overtime or lose in the shootout, but you have to do your best to win it in regulation to to create that separation. And by the way, you know, let's face it, one of the teams tonight is going to be that much farther behind the Vancouver Canucks who just continue to win at home which is a real factor. They start a five-game road trip tonight, which might be a blessing for both Calgary and Edmonton. Yeah, Canucks on a nine-game winning streak. John, we appreciate your time. Thank you for taking us down a trip down memory lane. It must have been – and just for the record, you guys – did I hear this right, that you used to drive up and down Highway 2 instead of flying to do those games? Absolutely. Absolutely. We needed to have a, we needed to have a good quality debrief. <laughs> uh, obviously, you had a limo service and maybe a couple of cold ones in the back, eh? I cannot confirm nor deny, Bob. There we go. That's rule number one when you work as a broadcaster, win or lose, we're still going to booze. Thanks, John. Have a great day. That is John Shannon, our NHL insider. It is uh, 1.47 in Edmonton. Two, our Ashley Fine Floors text line, Bob, the league's presence is nothing more than a show of force. They already talked to the teams and their management. Other than pounding on their chests, what can Paros et al. accomplish by being here? Paros won't be jumping on the ice to separate any would-be combatants. The NHL is hyping this thing up for national ratings and nothing more.
I, I, I don't necessarily, I actually don't believe they feel that way. I'm sorry. I respectfully disagree with the texture, and that's okay. Lana has texted the show to say, so excited for the game tonight. I love the hype that Cassian Kachuk situation has created. Go Oilers. Again, you can uh, text us at 7804960063. Sunny in Vancouver. Hey, Bob. Uh, the league's. Pre- oh, wait. No, hold on a sec. Since all the top guys for NHL discipline and refereeing are in Edmonton, will the Edmonton media grill the National Hockey Leagues in regards to the lack of penalties being called against opponents of the orders, in particular the interference and hooking on Connor McDavid? Thanks from Sonny in Vancouver. And again, Connor McDavid, uh, courtesy of Wood Guy, did the digging on this, and Natural Statric uh, going into the All Star break. 57th in the league in net penalties. That's penalties earned minus penalties taken per 60 minutes played. 57th, and he's the best player in the world. That would not happen in the NBA. Just saying. All right. Uh, do want to mention to you the best pizza in the city, still making a great Royal Pizza. Multiple locations in Edmonton to serve you, including the original Royal Pizza in Old Strathcona. Uh, Royal Pizza has been Edmonton-owned and operated for 50-plus years. The Stoffer recommendation at... Uh, any of the 14 Edmonton and area locations is the Mediterranean chicken. Visit royalpizza.ca for a location and menu. We'll wrap it up with, uh, well, pretty interesting this day in Oilers history for New West Travel when we return in Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. On this show, receive guest certificates to Japanese Village Steak and Seafood cooked right at your table. Edmonton South, downtown, north side, Sherwood Park, and now open in West Edmonton Mall. It is 152 in Edmonton. Battle of Alberta tonight. The Edmonton Oilers. Connor McDavid leading the NHL in scoring. He's got 13 goals, 19 points, 18 career games against the Flames. Johnny Goodrow, 10 goals, 18 points in 25 games against the Oilers. David Riddick in his career, 3-2-1, a 2.04 goals against average, and a 9.28 SVP against Edmonton. He's been good against the Oilers. To this day in the Oilers' history for New West Travel, join Oilers now on a great road trip to see Edmonton in Chicago. It's in March. Reach out to newwesttravel.com. Here's Brendan Escott. Back in 1983, Bob, Edmonton's Glenn Anderson scored his 100th career NHL goal and added an assist as the Oilers won 5-4 over the visiting Calgary Flames. And I owe a apology. I made a uh, error. Uh, Colin Campbell will not be at tonight's game. So George Perils is here. I've seen George. Uh, and I believe Stephen Wacom will also be here as well. This day in Oilers history brought to you by New West Travel. Join Oilers now on a great road trip to see the Oilers play the Hawks in Chicago. You can reach out uh, Dennis and Jason at New West Travel at newwesttravel.com. So, Brendan, you're going to have the final say here. Glenn Anderson, a 100th career goal, 1983. He is a pretty good player. You know you're good when you can retire at 498 goals. <laughs> he scored a bunch more in the playoffs, like a lot. He was a money player, and he brought some nasty to it as well. Nobody, you know, when getting hooked from behind, nobody could uh, reach back and flash back. We got the game tonight. City Ford face-off show at 6, puck drop at 8 o'clock. Reed Wilkins, Jack Michaels, Rob Brown, myself, John uh, Shannon will join us tomorrow on Sportsnet for uh, Canadian Power Pack. We'll have Brian Burke, former Flames president, 
as well as Sportsnet color analyst Louis DeBras. Brendan, what's going to happen? I'm predicting an Oilers win. It's a close one. I don't think there's theatrics unless it gets started by Calgary. All right, there you go. Up next, the global uh, news, weather, and traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by a simulcast of Rob Breckenridge uh, from CHQR 770 in Calgary. So long, everybody, from Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.